Hello, you're listening to Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. My guest today is Davis Jeever, a consultant at property regeneration firm Aspinall Verdi. Davis started his career in real estate in Malawi in 2015 before qualifying as a chartered surveyor and working in the UK. Davis, it's great to have you on Bricks and Mortar today. We're going to talk a little bit about your journey into real estate, which is an interesting one in the sense that it spans a couple of countries and continents even. And given that you have experience of really putting into practice the international nature of the RICS qualification. So tell me first, if if we sort of go back a few years, how did you first become interested in real estate? What what ignited the interest for you? Thank you very much uh, for the question, Sarah. Um, I developed interest in real estate because I was born and bled in Planter City. And when growing up, I experienced inequalities in informal settlements uh, because uh, the planning legislation in Malawi had uh, created other areas, planning areas, and others were not planning areas. And in those planning areas, some uh, settlements were informal settlements and others were formal settlements. So in informal settlements, you were required to apply for planning application whenever you want to develop something. And in informal settlements, uh, you were not required to apply for any planning application. So you just develop a house without any plans and uh, without any good services so when i was growing up i could see how people in the informal settlements were struggling in terms of amenities like uh, clean water access to energy as well talking about electricity in terms of national grid so at the same time i saw how the city and uh, particularly plantai and lilongwe were booming in terms of uh, property so I developed this interest that okay, one day I should um, be a practitioner in the built environment. So I was selected to the largest university in Malawi. This is a public university. Uh, it used to be a federal university because it had uh, five constituent colleges, but now the colleges were unbundled. Now they have created independent universities, but this was University of Malawi where I studied Bachelor of Science in Land Economy. It covered property valuation, property management, and land administration as well. Yeah, so that's how I can say I got into property industry. And tell me a little bit about the course. I mean, how, how did you find it? The course was very interesting because by then I was able to know how you can uh, estimate the value of the property. At the same time, it helped me to see cash flows whenever I look into the building. And uh, I also come to appreciate that, okay, the completion of the building, like when you have developed it and you have completed it and you have got the certificate that you can occupy it, the development process does not end there. The development process is a continuous process where you also need to take care of the building in terms of management and make sure that the building is in good uh, repair. So. In terms of the course, like land economy, it was a new program in Malawi because uh, previously most professionals came to the UK to do their studies. So the government thought it was that, okay, what if we cut some cost and introduce this course at the University of Malawi where 
students will be trending right away in Malawi and everything will be tailored to Malawi. Yeah, so, but still the good thing with it, like textbooks, most of them were from the UK. So it was not difficult, but sometimes, you know, some things would not make sense, but still, uh, when I moved to this to this countries, when I saw that, okay, some things make sense, especially when you are doing the residual evaluation and they're talking about section 106, yeah. You developed an awareness then of the RICS at that stage and, and the international accreditation. Tell me a little bit about what appealed to you about it and, and what really got you thinking about it and, and perhaps, I guess, eventually qualifying and and putting into practice some of that early learning in the UK market? What appealed to me uh, is the organisation of the RICS itself, the standards that they produce and uh, the regulations as well. When I read book that, okay, whenever you're doing evaluation, you need to follow the guidelines of the red book so it's when i realized that okay this is a serious thing because we're talking about valuation something that is very serious something that can collapse the economy so i was more keen to learn more about rss at the same time to gain chartered membership through their body so that's why i was more appealed and uh, i got more attracted to the to the professional body so at that stage, you didn't pursue formal accreditation, um, but you went on to work in real estate in Malawi. You worked first for Malawi's Ministry of Land, Housing and Urban Development, which you joined as valuation and states intern, I believe. Tell me a little bit about the first sort of steps into industry that you experienced and really what you got from that in terms of insights? Maybe I should begin by saying that uh, the, the ministry is the one that was responsible for the uh, introduction of the land economic course at the Polytechnic. I, you know, I wanted to have well, like hands-on experience. So that's why I decided that I should take the internship role so that I can learn the practical side of uh, real estate. So I was exposed into property valuation and land administration. So that provided a basis for me that, okay, this is how things are done in the real estate profession. Yeah. Of course, in Malawi, we've got a registration board. It was established by an act of parliament that was promulgated in 1989. It is called Land Economy Surveyors, Varoas, Estate Agents and Auctioneers Act. So it establishes a board, a board that is called Land Economy Surveyors, Followers, Estate Agents, Auctioneers Board. So that is the board that is responsible for registration of professionals. You you got some valuable insights then on the sort of practical side of working in real estate. And then once you'd completed your Bachelor of Science in Land Economy, you went on to take a position as an Assistant Property and Facilities Officer. Tell us a little bit about that role. And I believe it was during that time that you started to look again at RICS accreditation. Yeah, uh, during that time, I joined first FDH Financial Holdings. But FDH stands for first discount house. But now, because it's a holdings company, so I'll just stick to FTH Financial Holdings Limited. So it has got subsidiaries. It has got FTH Bank and Victoria. Uh, it has got uh, Forex Pure as well. So 
my main role was uh, more of property management. Uh, so I was looking after, with my colleagues, of course, we were looking after banking halls that the holdings company has across across the country. So whenever there was a need for maintenance, I was the one who is responsible to make sure that I should raise with contractors to fix the issue if there was a problem. So it was an interesting and a challenging position uh, considering that real estate is not a core service at the institution, but I made sure that I was able to communicate to my colleagues how important uh, property management is, how important corporate real estate is to the organization. You started to look then again at RICS accreditation. Tell me a little bit about how your thinking evolved over that period and and what led you in 2019 to go on and enrol in an MSc in real estate at Liverpool John Moores University. Yeah, so, you know, I wanted this uh, global recognition through RISS. So that's why I thought it wise that, OK, I should study for a master's that is accredited by the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors so that I could take the APC route, uh, the 24-month one. So that's how the idea was born, that, okay, if I go with a course that is accredited, then I will face less hurdles other than just having a degree that is not accredited by the registration board. You enrolled in the UK on the MSc real estate course. Tell me a little bit about how you found the course and how how it sort of evolved your thinking in terms of what you wanted to go on and do. Yeah, the course had, uh, you know, very interesting modules such as evaluation, planning and development. Uh, there was a building technology. There was also real estate management and uh, investment. There was a land role. It was very interesting course uh, because I was exposed to a property data bank because when I was in Malawi, I was just hearing about property data bank, but I was able to use the, the data bank Costa whenever I was completing coursework. So it was that interesting. And we used to have magazines, magazines from EG so it was a good good experience that okay i think i felt good that okay i'm in the uk i'm expanding something that i learned in malawi using the textbooks from the uk and right away i'm doing a course uh, that one day will be able to help me to gain that membership so that's how interesting it was and the city of liverpool is also nice but of course i was based in manchester because of uh, some other reasons yeah and you then went on to take an internship, which eventually led to your current position as a consultant with your employer, Aspinall Verdi. Tell me a little bit about regeneration as an area of work. I, I believe that's where you're specialising now. What I, I wanted to have a glimpse of the civil service. And when I saw an opportunity, I applied for the summer diversity internship uh, program and I chose regeneration because when I was doing my master's master's dissertation, I came across regeneration as one of the drivers of office investment and development in Manchester City Centre. So I was more keen that, okay, what if I have some hands-on experience about regeneration in the UK? 
and fortunately I was successive. Uh, you worked in Manchester uh, for three months. It was very interesting role to say because uh, I was involved in some projects, some interesting projects in London, conducting research to assist my senior colleagues to make decisions or to inform directors about uh, some regeneration projects across the country. That was most interesting part of it. Uh, at the same time, attending multi-stakeholder uh, meetings like with Homes England, with the Department for Transport, with Autoc and Park Royal Development uh, Corporation. It was so, so interesting. And uh, regeneration, these are the questions. Like, there are a lot of debates about regeneration that, okay, it shouldn't only be property-led regeneration, but we should also consider the social value that regeneration should come. And uh, there's much talk about press making. And actually, this is the same thing that I used to raise with my friends that, okay, with my colleagues at uh, at DLAC, that, okay, yes, we should we should talk about regeneration, but also, also we should not forget about the local people. It should be regeneration that should not displace people, local people, because our intention is to change the socioeconomic factors in, in, in a particular region. So we shouldn't only focus on the property side of it. Some people have been saying that, okay, we should only just even consider the property aspect of it. But to some extent, we also need to consider the impact that the commercial property has, or not only commercial property, even the property in general has, the property development has in, a, in, in an economy. So still, uh, property regeneration is a a good way of regenerating deprived areas. So that's what I can talk about regeneration, yeah. How interesting it is and how vital it is to the economy. So you're currently working towards your RICS accreditation and you're on the APC pathway. Presumably that's a planning and regeneration pathway, is that right? Yeah, so I'm doing planning and development where regeneration is one of the core competencies that I've selected. How have you found your APC studies to date? How are you finding building up the experience and then sort of working towards the final assessment? It is very interesting, I can say, because Aspen of Head is more into property regeneration consultancy. So the wide range of instructions, I can say, or wide range of projects involving planning and development so the most interesting part of it is that okay some of the competencies they overlap you can be doing a a particular project let's say you're doing market analysis of particular local authority you find that okay you're doing regeneration at the same time you're also doing economic development you see so that's how interesting it is in terms of the apc and attending the cpds as well it's very very interesting part of it I read a blog post that you've written in which you say at some point you'd like to return to Malawi and put into practice some of the skills that you've developed here in in rebuilding your home country. Tell us a little bit about the key skills and knowledge that that you've been able to build and the ways in which you hope to utilise that in the future. All right. That's a very interesting, uh, interesting question. What I have realised here is that Maybe some people might not be aware, but what I've uh, observed, you know, comparing with my uh, country of origin, is the planning system itself. It is a plan-led system, and at the same time, you know, 
the element of bringing financial viability assessment in the planning application is so vital. It's something that I would love to encourage in my country that, okay, what if we also bring this element whenever there's a development that, okay, we need to know if this uh, is viable or not. And another experience, the planning consultation. In Malawi, in as much as we adopted the, I should say, England and Wales uh, planning legislations, I think we have not, you know, updated our legislations. So we don't consult people but here there's a consultation that the, the public has got an opinion whenever there's a planning application whenever there is a proposed development the local uh, residents have to say something about about it you see so that's something that have benefited so when it comes to actually even evaluation there are a lot of cbds uh, and like the following guidelines of the red book is a serious thing in the UK and uh, it's something that I would, I would also love to see it in my country that okay whenever we're doing the evaluation we shouldn't just mention that we have done it but we should indeed make sure that we are following the guidelines of the Red Book and uh, that are in that draw aspirations from the IVS yeah yeah so that's what I can say about rebuilding the there's a lot but I think I can just be limited to whatever I think could benefit Malawi in terms of real estate, the knowledge and the, the skills that I've developed at the moment here. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of timing then for your APC, when are you hoping to conclude that and to set your final assessment? So I'm hoping to, to, to conclude everything in October 2024. That's how the calendar is, is showing and uh, I believe I'll be able to do it. At the end of this podcast, we often round off just by thinking a little bit about advice for anyone who's potentially thinking of real estate as a possible career. You've obviously gone through your university studies, your MSc, and now your APC. So when you think back on all of that and and the work experience that you've had to date, what would you say to anyone currently listening who is perhaps thinking of exploring it as a sector to potentially work in in the future? My advice would be that the aspirants should remain great. They should be tenacious. They should make sure that they are networking with like-minded people. At the same time, they should develop willingness to learn and they should be open-minded and they should also embrace diversity that okay whenever you're working especially you're working in the real estate you work with different people from different professions you're working with planners you're working with quantity surveyors sometimes you'll be working with engineers as well or you're working with the economists and you need to come to a point where whenever you are stressing your point you should know your audience and uh, you should make sure that no man is an island you should believe in workmanship, work together to achieve the strategic objective. I think that's what I can urge people who are aspiring to work in the real estate, that it is a profession that is involved with uh, dealing with people from different backgrounds with different professions. Davis, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I think there's some really nice insights there and it's been really interesting to hear about your journey into real estate and we wish you every success for the future and, and with your APC. 
Thank you very much, Sarah, and I appreciate for giving me this opportunity. I think some people who have similar background with me uh, might be interested to venture into real estate. Maybe they're thinking that, okay, I cannot manage to profile in, in real estate in the UK. It's possible, you know, nothing is impossible as long as you remain resilient, uh, you persevere and uh, you remain focused with uh, your aspirations. Davis, that's that's yeah. a really positive note to end on. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Sarah. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at podbean.com and the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.